Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. The show must go on time. Everybody excited for Tennessee, Florida time? Come on, you're excited time. You can get there time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Thursday, early Thursday evening. Recording this just a little bit later than I wanted to today, but that's okay. Did something uh, with the guys at SiriusXM, and that that segment ran a little long that, that I was with them, so getting to this a little bit later than I wanted to, but that's okay. Here we are. Here we are playing Hurt, and, and we move on. I just, you know, you ever do that thing where you just completely just wreck your knee on the corner of a desk. I just did that. That smarts, man. It smarts. I'm playing hurt. Also got some uh some band-aids here on my uh my, my middle finger and my thumb on my left hand. Had incident uh I believe two nights ago, slicing a lime for a for a Kentucky slash Tennessee mule was making for for my wife and myself and uh had a little incident, so got a little cut there. Playing hurt, got a lot of injuries going on this week. But you know what? It's 2020, guys. Just got to suck it up, and you just got to get through it, and you got to prevail. Speaking of my wife, happy birthday to her as we're recording this on Thursday. It's her birthday. Shout out to Amazon for also telling me today that her uh, packet or Christmas, not Christmas, uh, that her birthday present that I ordered weeks ago and was supposed to be here guaranteed by today will now be here December 24th. So thanks for that, guys. That's a that's it's not not causing all kinds of problems here or anything. Everything's great on this end. Hope your week's going better. Hope your week's going better. If you're a Tennessee football player, this week might not be going better because, as we've talked about several times uh, the past couple of weeks, Tennessee has had at least 16, perhaps uh, as many as 18 or, or so, players who have not been able to practice the past two weeks due to some COVID-19 quarantining issues. A couple guys tested positive. A bunch of other guys were contact tracing flags as a result of that. So some of those players look like they will be cleared for the game just in time for the game, hopefully, but they will have not practiced in two weeks. And and if you've ever been through um, you know, a football season, you know that, that coaches don't like it when players don't practice for a week, much less now two weeks uh, going into a big game like this. So we will see uh, what kind of impact that has on uh, the team, what kind of impact that has on the Vols who, who need to get some good things going here to, uh, to kind of salvage something out of this and get something resembling momentum going into the 2021 season. Uh, as a result of that, uh, we know – here's what we know. Tennessee – has had at least 16 to 18 players who have who have um, a couple of them tested positive. The rest were contact tracing flags. 
Uh, we know that there were starters on both sides of the ball in that group. We know that at least one quarterback has been in that group. Uh, I have reason to believe it might be Jarrett Garantano, but I, I can't absolutely confirm that just yet. Um, but that's where that situation is. Um, so, and, and then you combine that with Jeremy Pruitt being asked what his team has really improved the past two weeks, and it's been building depth. Start putting that together, right? I've mentioned this before. Start putting that together. You, you got uh, some starters out that they won't specify, at least one quarterback out they won't specify. And when a coach is asked who or how they've improved, he said building depth. You start putting that puzzle together, and that tells you that a lot of these guys are veteran players who have not been uh, involved in practice recently. And that, that's certainly not great news going into Florida. And then you throw on top of that that uh, Kevon Bennett has now been dismissed from the program. Big news earlier this week. Uh, Tennessee's junior outside linebacker, the son of former Bama star and uh, just legendary SEC defensive player, uh, Cornelius Biscuit Bennett. Uh, Kevon Bennett uh, was dismissed from Tennessee after being pulled over at 11 a.m. a couple days ago uh, by UT police on Neyland Drive in a search of the vehicle after they smelled a whole bunch of marijuana, according to the report. Uh, they found 44.9 grams of marijuana, a digital scale, storage bags, and a Glock handgun. So basically the arrest me kit is what they found in that vehicle. Uh, that that's that's what they found that's just uh anytime you got guns and drugs and in the same car that's not good anytime you've got scales and bags there with it that's not good um so it, it's 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 put Tennessee in a tough spot there I don't think Pruitt had much choice now we'll see everyone has the right to due process we'll see how that turns out in court uh, we'll see what goes on because we've seen guys get dismissed like Jeremy Banks and, and maybe come back but but this is a um this is a tough blow for Kevon Bennett and a tough blow for Tennessee. Just an unfortunate mistake from a kid who I don't think needed the money, so that makes it even more frustrating. But um, that's tough news. Uh, Kevon Bennett's probably been Tennessee's most consistent pass rusher this year. DeAndre Johnson might disagree with that, but I think Bennett, even though they have the same number of sacks, 4.5, I think Bennett has probably been more consistent in terms of getting in the backfield and, and causing some damage. Uh, he also has a team-leading 7.5 tackles for loss, and, and that's that's a tough blow for Tennessee. Uh, you're going to have to have guys now like Tyler Barron, Roman Harrison, Morvin Joseph step up. Uh, it's certainly not an ideal situation, but, you know, it's nothing about this year has been ideal. Uh, just uh, unfortunate to see a player – uh, on Bennett, a guy who could, you never know, maybe get a chance to play at the next level, um, put this uh, big red flag on himself. That's 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 not good. That's bad, bad news for Tennessee at a time when the Vols need good news. So also you're getting pulled over at 11 a.m. and your car strongly smells of marijuana. That's Isn't that normally what happens at like 3 a.m.? Why is that happening at 11 a.m.? I have a lot of questions about that. Um, but uh, we've all been in college, right? Uh, we've all been there, all been around the stuff. I'll be honest with you guys. Um, my personal opinion for what it's worth, uh, I think it personally, I think it should be legal. That's, I know it's legal in some States and decriminalized in others. I think it should be legal everywhere, but the fact is it's not. Uh, and the fact is the law is the law and you got to respect the law and here you cannot possess it. And he did. And not only that, he had a digital scale and bags and a Glock handgun in there. So when you have the arrest me kit in there, there's there's not really anything that your coach or your program can do about that. If you'd just been pulled over with a bag of, of weed, you could probably uh, you know do a suspension. You could probably do some other things, do some counseling, air quotes, and all that other good stuff. But um, that's 
this was worse than that. So Tennessee didn't have much chance there. A couple more news and notes here before we get on to the second segment. And by the way, Grant Ramey will be with me in the second segment, and we'll be talking a little bit about the Tennessee-Florida game. We'll also be talking Tennessee basketball. But we're going to get to all that in the second segment, doing some more news and notes here in the first segment. Uh, Tennessee, unsurprisingly, has not named a starting quarterback for Saturday's game. I, I would have led with that if not for the Bennett news. Um, but uh, there's been some suspicion that Garantano's been in, in protocol in, in the COVID isolation, not been confirmed. Uh, and, and there were already talks about, you know, maybe they'll make a change and go to Harrison Bailey anyway. So we will see. Uh, but I did not expect Jeremy Pruitt to say anything about that. And um, and I, I I would have been shocked if he had, frankly. There's no reason for him to announce that. Just show up Saturday. You'll see what's going on with the uh, you'll you'll see what's going on with the the pregame warmups. And then why give Florida extra time to 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 prepare for that? And make just just let it be known on Saturday. Here's your guy. That's what I would do. Also, I say that even as a member of the media. Uh, one more note here. Uh, Tennessee did do its midweek round of testing. You know they got to do three tests every week during the season. Uh, there were two positives uh, on uh, in the program for the midweek tests. One was a player. One was a support staffer. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt said they wanted to confirm both of those because sometimes you get false positives. Tennessee had a bunch of false positives uh, earlier this season in a batch, so you never know. They're gonna they're gonna you know retest those, make sure that's legit, and then go through the process from there. Um, but you can see these numbers, guys, uh, right now. A uh, report from the Knoxville News Sentinel that came out, I believe, on Wednesday night said that uh, 93% or so capacity of hospital beds right now in, uh, in East Tennessee and um, that there's only like seven or eight ICU beds available in all of East Tennessee right now. So you can see the numbers are going up. November was a horrible month. That vaccine cannot get here soon enough. But until then, I just keep imploring everyone, listen, just wear your mask, wash your hands, be safe. This vaccine is coming, guys. It's coming. Just, you know, let's 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 get through this because you see these numbers going up. And I know it's the holidays. I know people want to see each other. I'll be candid. You know, I, I didn't see my brother over Thanksgiving for the first time in his life. Um, you know, he stayed in Memphis. And um, then he ended up, I've said this before, he ended up, he ended up getting COVID anyway. He and his girlfriend did. So it, it's tough, tough news, man. It's, um, you know, it's a, it's a tough, tough thing. He's okay, much like Philip Fulmer and Rick Barnes are okay. Um, but some people who get this are not. And if you want to finish this football season, if you want to have anything resembling a regular basketball season, anything even close to that, uh, just adhere to the rules. It's that simple. You may not agree with it. You may not like it. I don't like wearing the thing, but that's what we got to do, guys, or else we're not. Uh, we're not we got to get these numbers down or else it's going to be hard to have a basketball season because we've talked about the contact tracing issues and everything there that becomes a problem in basketball, referees traveling, just all kinds of all kinds of bad stuff there. And it's hard to play the game of basketball without, you know, being in someone's contact tracing protocol. It's just it's just tough because of the nature of the sport and it's indoors and all kinds of stuff. So just pleading with everyone, guys, let's let's do what we need to do here. Please, please, let's get this football season finished. Let's have a basketball season. Let's see if we can uh, sometime around the summer or so look look uh, almost almost normal. That would be great going into next season. That would be ideal. I think you're still seeing the impact, frankly, of uh, the Tennessee football team of all the time that it missed. Everybody's been through the same thing, but some have had it worse than others. Uh, Tennessee just had had a preseason camp wrecked because of it, and I think you're seeing some of the results of that. So certainly if you're a player, if you're a coach, if you're in the program, do everything you can. I know they're trying to educate everybody there. 
but that's that's where the situation is. And then you throw situations like Bennett on top of it, and in a five game losing streak, things not looking great right now. Because uh, Florida is just Florida is a Florida's a beast right now, guys. Uh, Florida defensively just okay, but offensively really, really, really good. I'll end the first segment with this: If you're Tennessee and you want to compete in this game. I think, to me, there's several areas where you have to be pretty good. But most importantly to me, if you're Tennessee, you better be really good inside the 35-yard line on both sides of the ball. Uh, Watching this on film, I don't know who can slow down this Florida offense for 60 minutes. I think Florida's going to move the ball. Florida's going to make plays. Uh, Pitts is one of the the most ridiculous matchup advantage guys I've ever seen at the college level. Uh, just you know, I go back to almost Randy Moss with how difficult this guy is to to guard. Some people are putting two, three guys on. It hadn't mattered. So uh, you know, they they got Tony on the outside. Pierce is a good running back. Trask might be the Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback, and he's like the fourth guy I mentioned. You know, th- th- they're a good offense. They're gonna, they're going to move the ball. They're going to make some things happen. If you're Tennessee. Anytime you get the ball in scoring range, you got to get it in the end zone, and you've got to try to make Florida kick field goals. You just you just do, or, or else this is going to be a tough game. Florida punts the ball uh, less than two times per game, which even I can do the math on that means less than one time per half. So lots and lots of uh, concern there if you're Tennessee. Uh, defensively, we know Jeremy Pruitt's a, a good defensive mind. We know Derek Ansley's a good defensive mind. But we also know Tennessee has struggled all season to cover passes over the middle of the field. We know that uh, the slant route in particular has given them all kinds of problems. So uh, I think you're going to see a fair bit of that from Florida on Saturday. This is a game that Tennessee needs to be competitive in. This is a game where Tennessee could really, really use a boost. And we'll see if they get one. Uh, I'll be honest with you, the closer I get to this game, the the less uh, confident I feel that Tennessee can make this a pretty good game. But uh, you know what? It's it's Neyland Stadium in December. Alligators don't like cold. They'll be up here. They're not used to it. They don't like it. Maybe Tennessee can can take advantage of the elements a little bit. I don't know, guys. I mean, I've seen worse than I've seen stranger things, but I don't know about this. This is this is not a not a good looking matchup for Tennessee on paper. But games aren't played on paper. They are played uh, on Saturdays when everyone you know, if enough people pass their COVID tests. We're going to step away for a quick break, guys, pay some bills, listen to some products and services and in-house ads and other fun things, and then we'll come back. And when you come back, it'll be me, and I'll be joined by Grant Ramey uh, from GoVols 24-7's Blount County Satellite Office down there in Maryville, and we'll talk a little Tennessee football and basketball and other such things. Uh, but before that, let's let's go pay some bills. Hashtag ad. <laughs> eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house as you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Going to be joined by uh, co-worker Grant Ramey from the Go Balls 24-7 Blunt County Satellite Office down there in Maryville, Tennessee, home of uh, arguably uh, the the uh, two greatest high school football programs uh, in the state that are not named Knoxville Catholic. Grant, what's going on, man? Uh, I don't believe that's factually correct, but I'll let it slide. Yeah, the only thing Catholics are doing better is uh, producing D1 players, not necessarily winning enough state titles with them. Got a couple, but could probably use a basketball school now. That's true. That's that whole starting five is just a freak show, man. So many D1 prospects there. We got a lot to discuss in this second segment, and we're going to get to that. But first, I'm going to remind y'all again or ask y'all again, please, if you have a free minute, go in there. I won't say just a second. It'll probably take a minute or so. Please go in there and subscribe to this podcast. Mash that subscribe button. Please uh, rate and review this podcast. Uh, We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. We really are. Um, but there is uh, well, most of us are happy. Grant's just okay with it because he he doesn't he does he doesn't emote. But uh, we're happy to do this for free. But the one thing we're going to ask is if you could go do that because that helps us out in uh, all the algorithms. That helps people more people uh, join the wolf pack, adds wolves to the pack. And uh, I see this thing growing every month, every week, every episode. It's really really fun. It's been a fun ride. But the the one thing y'all can do, I see the number of people listening, and I'd like to see the 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 number of uh, ratings and, and re- reviews. We're like that that would be excellent i'm hoping that y'all will answer the call on that whether you're listening on apple podcast spotify iheart tune in stitcher wherever you can cast a fine pod you can find the go vols 24 7 podcast and as always you can go get a good deal over the holidays at goballs 247com but we will discuss that a little bit more later on grant we're, we're going to primarily i guess talk hoops uh, in this in this segment um, but, you know, because Tennessee basketball's getting ready to start, lots of optimism there. There should be. There's a new season opening game to discuss, all kinds of fun stuff going on there now that Rick Barnes is back and you know, from COVID protocol and everything seems okay on that front, which is good because you never know with his age. Lots to discuss. But before that, uh, I don't think we're going to have uh, you on another episode before Tennessee and Florida play football on Saturday. Uh, we obviously discussed that a lot in the first segment. Is there anything – that you see that could bring people away from just being completely doom and gloom coming into this game? Because I just don't like this matchup. A lot of people don't. There's a lot of concern there. Um, But is there something you're seeing? Maybe Florida's just okay on defense. Maybe Tennessee's got nothing to play for, so it can be aggressive. Maybe new players. Anything out there that you see as as reason to uh, hope a little bit? I mean, I don't blame doom and gloomers because on paper, you look at this matchup, you look at the last, you know, eight weeks, there's a lot of reason to be doom and gloom. Um, I think if you look back a couple weeks at Auburn, obviously what sticks out, Smoke Monday taking that pick six back 100 yards and that changing the game. What did happen in that game, the offensive line looked a little bit more like the offensive line uh, that we've been expecting that we were talking about and, and praising in August that's never really materialized this year. Um, Eric Gray uh, is a, obviously a talented football player, 
Um, what he did at Auburn going for, what was it, a buck 71, a couple touchdowns, something like that. Yeah, and really, too, you know, he had 50 yards receiving, too, so really just a huge overall right. game. I mean, with this Florida offense, good luck stopping them. Nobody stopped them all year. They're one of the best offenses in college football. I think second best in the SEC behind Alabama, who puts up a ton of points, too. So it's going to be hard to stop them. Uh, one of the easiest ways to do that is to try to control the football, control the line of scrimmage, keep their offense on the sideline as much as you can. And I think for Tennessee, if you do that, you're going to have to run the ball successfully. So if there's something that you can maybe feel good about, it's the potential to run the football and have success there the way you did at Auburn. I mean, Tennessee, there's that one colossal mistake at Auburn that changes the game. But outside of that, Tennessee had a good game plan. It seemed like they executed it pretty well outside of that pick six, outside of the bus coverage uh, and And, a couple missed fiddles. So, I mean, if you can just clean up your self-inflicted mistakes and not – you know, implode in these kind of games, maybe you can stick around. I mean, some teams have stuck around on this Florida team. Obviously, they're not invincible. They lost at Texas A&M and, and some other teams. Vandy was in it for a while with them, and obviously Vandy's a, a winless football game. So it's it's not all doom and gloom. There is some hope, but Tennessee has to really fix Tennessee before they really worry about Florida. And you'll have you'll, you'll have Florida coming to Neyland Stadium in, in, in a game in the 40s with maybe a little bit of a wintry mix or some cold rain falling down, and they don't it's really – It's a classic Tennessee-Florida yeah. Saturday afternoon. Yeah. The snow's melted. Yeah, you uh, know. The Christmas decorations are up. You know. Uh, everybody's getting ready for the holidays, and it's just traditionally just like every other Florida week. They're called Gators for a reason, and uh, Gators do not like cold weather, uh, historically speaking. So – you know, uh, in, 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 in life and in football. So uh, we will see what's going on. I, I don't want to belabor the point, um, but just, just to continue the conversation, I said this earlier in the podcast. Uh, I said this in our first podcast of the week. I've written this on the site. The entire thing for me is if you're Tennessee, whether you want to be aggressive uh, or, or, you know, however you want to do it, you've got to score on most possessions whether that is chewing up clock or not that's fine hey that's fine you keep them off the field that's great um, but Florida punts the football less than one time per half which is an absolutely ridiculous number uh, leads the country by far uh, that they are incredibly efficient they're really good on special teams their field goal kicker is one of the best in the business he's what a, a healthy Brent Samaglia would be uh, frankly uh, so they they're not very good at punting but they don't have to do it very often so you know that they if you're Tennessee, whether that's a seven or eight minute drive or a four minute drive or a two minute drive, whatever it is, I don't care what it is, you have got to put points on the board. And if you're Tennessee, this entire game to me comes down to how you perform inside the 35 yard line on both sides of the ball. Tennessee has left so many points on the field this season. They have had so many drives. I know in the red zone numbers don't totally reflect it because there's that gray zone kind of, you know, when you're in scoring range, but you're not really inside the 20 yet. Tennessee has had several drives get inside scoring range inside the 35 uh, or 37, whatever you want to consider it, if, if Samaglia is healthy, and and gone pointless. They have left points on the board. They've turned it over. Uh, they've you know missed kicks. They've done just bad, bad things. And Florida is really efficient. So what you've got to do, you know Florida's going to move the ball. You know they're going to give you problems. You've got to bow up inside the 35. You've got to make them kick field goals. And if you're Tennessee, when you get into that range, you have got to score touchdowns. I don't care if you're running seven or eight-minute drives and you are you know, chewing up clock or you're going with some trick plays and kind of lightning strikes, decapitation strikes, whatever you're doing, whatever your plan is. And I think we know they'll probably be a little conservative. Just, just – just got to capitalize, man. I think – am I missing something? I mean, I know there's third downs, no. there's turnovers, there's all kinds of stuff that goes into that, but they just – they've got to be better in that area. 
Right. I mean, this this defense has obviously not been prone to to create turnovers. I mean, I think there are four fumbles at Arkansas, and it was almost like they were allergic to falling on any of those fumbles. Uh, you know, dropping interceptions. I know Bryce Thompson obviously had one in the end zone at, at Auburn. Uh, that was a big play. But, uh, yeah, they're going to have to get stops. Uh, and if they don't get stops, they're going to have to score on just about every position, like you said. And, it, I mean, it's going to be a track meet, it feels like, if Tennessee hangs around. It doesn't feel like Tennessee's going to hang around in a 10-7 game at halftime. It, it feels like Tennessee's going to have to match points almost with this Florida offense, which is going to be hard to do. But, yeah, uh, regardless of the drive length, you better score points. Points are going to be uh, a necessity. I mean, this offense, you want to be so conservative. You want to run the ball so much. You can't get down 14 nothing after two possessions and think you're going to be fine and you can stick to your game plan and do what you want to do. You can't get that deficit. I mean, if anything, Tennessee's had 10, 13-point leads early in games the last couple times out and couldn't hold on to it. But, I mean, you, it can't be something where Florida scores twice uh, and you go three and out twice and, and expect good things to happen after that. You better score some points uh, and you better match points because Florida is going to be hard to keep them off the board. You know, Florida sometimes isn't the fastest starting team, surprisingly, and Tennessee's been pretty good in the first half all season, even against the likes of, you know, Bama and Georgia and some others, except for Kentucky in the second quarter. Tennessee's been a, a pretty good first-half team all season, so I think most people sort of expect this to – I know Thomas Goldcamp, who covers Florida for us, you know, also said that, you know, he, he wouldn't be surprised if, you know, looking at the, the trends that both teams have had in the first half, if it's close for a while – Problem is, you know, what happens to Tennessee in the second half? You got to put pressure on Florida. You got to make Florida sweat. Florida's playing for everything. Tennessee's playing for pride. And, you know, perhaps if they lose to Florida, I mean, to, to, to Vanderbilt, maybe a coaching change. I very much doubt it. But, you know, you got to put pressure on Florida. You, you got you to gotta make Florida sweat in this game and, and then take your chances um, because Florida's playing for a lot. And, um, you know, there, there's no telling what will happen if they get into a close game in late in the fourth quarter. You just never really know. They're good at kicking. Uh, they have a really good offense. Um, but, you know, hey, that's, um, you got to do what you got to do, and you got to get, get to it before you can win it. So if you're Tennessee, you just extend the game as long as you can and stay in it. Grant, moving on to, to basketball, a topic that I think will make a lot of people happier. Uh, around uh, these parts, certainly. Uh, we thought Tennessee was going to have played a few games by now. Well, we thought Tennessee was going to open the season with a couple of you know, likely wins at home uh, and then play a couple of uh, really, really fun games uh, on neutral courts uh, and, or on the road and, and do, some, do some fun things there. Didn't happen. Uh, there were some tests in the positive tests for COVID in the program, including Rick Barnes, who, who went down, and thankfully he got out of quarantine isolation. He's back. He's healthy. Good to go. Uh, we don't know exactly what you know what players tested positive, although some of them have before and they've been okay. So uh, we're just gonna. I don't want to assume, but I think it's safe to say that they're all physically okay uh, coming out of this thing. So now there's a new season opener going to host UT Martin. Uh, UT Martin's going to travel across state on December 9th, 7 p.m. Eastern. Thompson Bowling Arena game will be on SEC Network Plus, which is not a channel, but you can find it. Uh, on your ESPN app uh, if you have that and you pay for it. Grant, what are your thoughts on sort of where things stand now with this team? I guess it's any, any, anything you can add to the schedule right now is a good thing. Yeah, I think it's, it was disappointing, obviously, when they had to pause uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's, it seems like it's trending toward the right direction, which is Saturday. Uh, they want to be – they're scheduled at least to resume team activities, uh, barring, you know, any further – problem so i think the good thing is maybe you're getting this out of the way before you know the season gets going you don't have to pause maybe uh in the middle of december if you've already done this i think at this point i don't know the numbers i don't know specifics on who's had it or who's not had it but i think most of the roster has dealt with this thing 
in one way or the other. And I think this, these positive tests from November 22nd were, I believe it was one player and a couple staff guys, or, or maybe more than a couple staff guys, including Rick Barnes. So yeah. it was more staffers than it was players this time around. I think that's maybe because so many players have done, uh, dealt with it at this point. Correct. Uh, to get UT Martin on the schedule, you know, obviously it's not the most intriguing matchup. It is what it is. You're trying to add as many games as you can after you had to wipe out the first four. Uh, you only had 27 on the schedule to begin with. Um, and in a normal year, you can play up to 31. So you go from 27 to 23 pretty quickly. Uh, but to get to UT Martin, to get something in place, to have a home opener before you have to host Cincinnati, uh, what I assume to be a pretty good basketball team. I haven't looked into Cincinnati a ton at this point, but just to get that game there to work out some some jitters a little bit. I mean, this team, obviously, they usually scrimmage Davidson every year yeah. in October. Which is a big deal and a big – which, is a, which right. is a big help. Yeah, they. I mean, they put on game uniforms. They do a full 40 minutes and try to make it a, a game simulation as much as possible. They haven't been able to do that. They've only been able to do uh, split squad stuff uh, before the pause, obviously, uh, leading up to the regular season. So it feels like it's, it's trending in the right direction. I think they will try to add – uh, more games. I don't think they'll make up all four of them. I think it's going to have to get to a point closer to Christmas where they maybe play like a Tuesday, Thursday, and then a Saturday. Have yeah. to cram in three three games in a week. But they've done that in the past in a normal season. I think uh, the second year of Rick Barnes, there was a Tuesday, Thursday game of like a Tennessee Tech and a Lipscomb. So it's not unprecedented. It's just going to be a matter of, of who they can get. I would expect it to be similar if they do add another one a regional team uh, that way you can limit travel makes it easier to schedule uh, as much as fans want those marquee matchups like they had at Gonzaga or, or that road game they had at Notre Dame scheduled for this week it's going to be difficult to make those happen but uh, sooner or later basketball, basketball is going to be here and hopefully once they start playing they continue playing yeah and, and when Tennessee jumps into the the pond here Tennessee will be jumping in later than most of the country not all the country um, but but most of the country and it's not like we're talking, you know, this is the Big Ten or Pac-12 where they're 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 starting a football season, you know, six eight weeks after everybody else. It's it's nothing, nothing like that necessarily. Um, but also, those leagues were just playing each other, so they were all kind of in it together. Tennessee will be jumping into non-conference games against teams that have played games, and and like you said, Tennessee has not had um, Tennessee did not get its Davidson scrimmage. Uh, Tennessee has had workouts disrupted, so I, I don't I don't know that as good as this team could be. I don't know that you're just going to see it hit the ground running. We've we've seen this with with lots of barn teams before Barnes teams before, especially when he's got a situation where he's got new players coming in who might be a little more talented than some of the players who are there. It takes a while to kind of find that balance, and that's going to be one of the absolute keys to me uh, for for this entire season for Tennessee. It is going to be. You have one ball. You have five players on the floor at a time. How do you negotiate that? How, you know, early in the season, maybe when you're getting a bunch of guys' minutes, people will stay mostly happy. Um, but at some point, you're going to have to settle on a rotation. Tennessee, unless a bunch of guys get hurt or, or opt out or something, there are going to be guys outside this Tennessee rotation who may have been starters a few years ago. That that's that's the difference in in kind of where they are as a program, in my opinion. I might be wrong about that, but that's. You know, you're you're talking about guys who are maybe on the fringe of the rotation who could have been, you know, starters or, you know, 18, 20-minute guys in the past. So that, to me, is going to be an issue, and that's something they're going to have to figure out as the season goes on. And, and Grant, that's going to be, you know, Barnes is not, Barnes does not 
shy away from changing up his lineup. He doesn't shy away from starting a guy and then just completely having him vanish for, for a couple games. And he, he likes to, to motivate guys by putting them on the bench when they're not doing things right. He'll have all kinds of motivation uh, if he wants to do that this season because uh, if a guy's you know not doing what he wants, he can say, okay, then you're just going to sit for a game and we're going to see how you like that. So that to me, are you as interested as I am to kind of watch how he – sort of figures all that out and puts the puzzle together for sure because i mean he's juggled his guards so much in the past when he didn't have this kind of depth when he didn't have this kind of potential and, and athleticism uh in the backcourt i mean to your point these guys that, that would have been starters in the past i mean just go down the list the nature of this roster josiah james santiago Vescovi, you add victor bailey you add keon johnson you add Jaden springer all those guys are talented enough to be regular starters and to be 30 minute a night guys it's just a matter of how quickly can you find what role suits each guy best? I don't think they're going to have a problem with uh, personality-wise, ego, who starts, you know, who who's the first guy off the bench. As long as they're team. winning. As long as they're winning. Right, as long as they're winning. Rick Barnes has said a million times it's, it's more important who finishes games and who starts games, uh, and I think these players would agree with that. But, I mean, the talent's there. What In terms of a fast start or a slow start, I think one thing that should help them, they're supposed to be elite defensively. I think it's a lot easier to be ahead of the game on the defensive end Mm -hmm. and to have a better start there uh, than it is on the offensive end. And if you look around college basketball, these first uh, seven, eight days, however long it's been now, there's not a ton of points being scored. I mean, that Kentucky-Kansas game, the Champions Classic, was 65-62. Indiana scored 44 points the other day in the Maui uh, tournament. Texas, I mean, Texas won that game by 22, and they only scored 66 points. Um, I don't. I don't know if that's a across the board problem or if that's just something I've been noticing. But there's not been a ton of it. There's if been a couple can, really high scoring games, but not many. Not many. Right. If you can stop, uh, if you can stop the other team and, and hold an opponent below sixty points, you don't have to do a ton on the offensive end to win that game or stay in in control in that game. And another thing with these guards, um, they want to score in transition. They want to run so much um, that you know it's. It's not that difficult to execute in transition, assuming you can get the rebounds and get the outlet passes and get the offense running. It's not like you're executing a half-court motion offense uh, and relying on that. So I think those factors uh, help this Tennessee team. And, yeah, just in terms of seeing them, I mean, I haven't haven't seen this team in person or this Tennessee basketball program in person since we left Bridgestone Arena in March when the world shut down. So uh, I'm just interested – UT Martin more than anything, just to see this team in the flesh and how they operate. And I think it'll, let's also not forget that, you know, this is a big deal for UT Martin too. It's been a really, really rough, really rough year, especially for that program, because you, you think about everything, you know, call college athletes and student athletes and and people across the country have been through this season. Uh, It's been tough for anybody everywhere. I mean, basically, but, but UT Martin, uh, has had to deal with with more than most when the the coach Anthony Stewart uh, passed away suddenly on November sixteenth. He was only fifty years old, and and that's you know kind of right before the seasons started. They're kicking into gear then, and that's that's just that's just devastating, devastating news. I believe Montez Robinson is now coaching the program, taking it forward. So uh, you know that that's I, I think it's it's good to see you know UT Martin get a game like this and, and maybe get some money that comes from it because it's just been I, I can't imagine what they're going through I know well, I know a couple people over there obviously Jason Simpson the the head football uh, head football coach I, I covered him earlier in his career and I know some people over there but you know it's just it's, they're they're a family there that's a really small community and, and that's something like that's going to devastate a place like that yeah I mean it's almost unthinkable I mean to to have a loss of that magnitude only a few weeks ago just a few weeks removed from the start of their season 
I mean, it almost nobody would blame them just opting out of the season and, and you know, wiping the slate clean and doing it again next year. Uh, he was a guy that had a ton of success. I mean, he was a young guy, obviously, you mentioned only 50 years old uh, to be found dead. And I don't know what else going on there, what happened, but just for this team to just kind of keep going forward uh, and to play these games and to play this season with everything else going on on top of that. Um, yeah, it's, it's good for them to, to get this kind of game. Obviously, these bye games help those kind of programs a ton. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what they're doing uh, to play the seasons, it's, it's a pretty incredible story, uh, regardless of scores, win, losses, however it plays out, that they're going to play basketball after, after going through everything that they've been through. And I don't, I don't want to end on a downer like that, so I'm going to ask another question, Grant, before we get out of here. I, I, I was thinking about Keon Johnson, Tennessee's freshman guard, who was the lower rated of the two five-star guards who came in for Tennessee, but – uh, behind Jaden Springer, um, but he is the one who consistently is now being talked about as a guy who could be a lottery pick uh, in next season's uh, NBA draft or next year's NBA draft. And and I wonder now, we, we've seen this before at, at Tennessee, where going into a five-star guard's career, there are just a mountain of expectations placed on them. Uh, we saw this, I guess, with Ramar Smith back in, you know, not, not long ago. Um, you know, we, we saw this with Scotty Hobson, certainly. We saw this with Robert Hubbs. Uh, we saw this with Josiah Jordan-James. And, and now Keon Johnson is here. And, and I wonder now if Tennessee fans, if because it's Tennessee and because you know the history of five-star freshman guards and the hype that comes with them, does that should that make you just a little bit cautious about just what this guy is? Because he is a two-way guard. He may not be a 40-point-a-game you know, thirty point a game guy. I mean, I'm not not like that. Well, not no one really does that in college, but a 25-point-a-game or whatever guy. But uh, should people be cautious because of the history Tennessee's got with five-star guards going into this season? I mean, normally, I'm not a cup-half-full guy. I'm not even a... I'm not even a cup half empty guy. I'm a cup completely empty. Yeah, guy. you're you're you're, you're drinking a few drops of water out of your out of a cup yeah. made from your hands. And that's how I wake up every morning with a with a rock in my shoe. Um, but with the hype that's here with Keon, it's it's almost like unlike any other hype uh, that's been around a player at least recently uh, in the history of this basketball program. I mean, there's there's that game on the prices right where it's the little alpine dude and he keeps climbing keeps yes, climbing the mountain yes. keeps going up that's been like the last two years of Keon's basketball trajectory i mean yeah. he doesn't get a ton of hype or he didn't as a recruit i mean he picked tennessee over vanderbilt and ohio state those are two good you know traditionally pretty good basketball programs pretty solid but his offer list compared to you know where he's being projected in these 2021 nba mock drafts as high as number five overall according to the athletic a, a couple of outlets with him in the top 10 mostly you know almost unanimously he's a he's a lottery pick in these projections he just keeps climbing and and i would normally say yeah throw caution to the wind here uh because the that hype is there uh he's he's a really good two-way player he has elite potential defensively uh his offense you know i think the biggest thing with him was fixing his shot a little bit he he signed up to play for a coach that's pretty good at helping people fix their shots uh, get more consistent there, tighten up his hand a little bit. I mean, that's stuff that, that's just player development, which is what this Tennessee basketball program uh, has been known to do over these last few years uh, under Rick Barnes. So normally I would caution people, but the way this kid gets hyped up, uh, it's hard to imagine he doesn't live up to, maybe not live up to the complete hype because it's just so much but still enough to be a very, very, very good basketball player. And the, the one reason I'll say quickly on why I believe – there is reason to to justify this hype is because remember this has been a highly unusual offseason where access to everything is restricted 
and, and so normally we, we would have access to practice. You know, Tennessee's pretty good, better than most of the other elite basketball programs, in my opinion at least, so far, uh, about letting us. I know things have tightened up a little more than we were used to in recent years, um, but still I would argue a pretty fair amount of access to an elite basketball program. Uh, and And I think we would have seen things, scouts would have come through and seen things, but right now, what so much of this is being based on is just what's coming out of Tennessee's camp. And that would, obviously, the buck stops, stops there with Rick Barnes. And, and Rick Barnes is really, really good about tapping the brakes and, and not letting guys go out there and, you know, not boasting about guys until they've proven something. So the fact that things are getting out there, despite a coach who will poo-poo this if he could, uh, that to me means that whatever he's doing has been so impressive that they can't hide it, and and right. that that that's what makes me think, anyways. Right. He he's he's big about not putting unfair expectations on yes. freshmen, especially freshmen. Um, so for them to not tap the brakes with the, the the stuff that is leaking to these guys nationally, the scouts, the uh, the mock draft guys, whoever you know, whoever's talking, whoever's. Because he could make a call. Uh, he, information. He, he could make a couple calls and put a put a quick halt to that, right? And say, "Whoa, uh, easy there." And, and especially because you look at the, the the guards, the depth we talked about earlier, the the athleticism they have back there, and for him to still get talked about the way he gets talked about. I mean, compare people compare him to Eve Pons athletically, and everybody knows what kind of athletic freak that Eve's been the last three years and, and continues to be. So, uh, the potential there is through the roof. Uh, how how far he goes, how close he gets to that roof. Uh, in what I assume is one season at Tennessee, we'll see. Um, but I haven't heard anything. I don't think anybody has to make them believe that, you know, they need to pump the brakes or that these would be unfair expectations. And then you speak to the kid, and he's kind of like the kid next door. Like he's, like right. al- he's almost absurdly unassuming, basically, right. in the way he goes about his business. Like he he really does not have this like been in the been in the league for ten years kind of vibe that Josiah Jordan James does or, you know, this this also pretty impressive vibe that Jaden Springer has. He just kind of looks like a, a kid from a small town in Tennessee who's just kind of getting used to all this and he speaks right. very softly. Uh he you know, he just he doesn't have that kind of five star in your face thing. But hey, if there's a program that fits into, uh that would be Rick Barnes program at the University of Tennessee. Super quiet kid. It's almost like you gotta pull words out of him, which I can appreciate more than anybody because yeah. that's my also that's my standard uh, method of living so I, yes. I appreciate that about him but uh, what you hear about him super competitor on the court um, the way he's kind of grounded defensively he kind of roots his game there uh, seems like he's mature beyond his years kind of in terms of how he approaches the game so uh, it's going to be fun to watch I just I just hope at some point December 9th Wednesday with UT Martin uh, that we get to watch this team play basketball and that once they start these games that, that we can get through here with uh, very little interruptions. I think that's a good place to leave it. Grant, you got anything else? I got nothing. I never got anything. <laughs> I appreciate, Double negative. appreciate it, man. Thanks. See you. Guys, I say this all the time, and I mean it. I really do mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Uh, you can also find, if you, if you just want uh, Tennessee news, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govols 24-7. There'll be no personal stuff there, just all Vols all the time. Or you can go to facebook.com slash govols 24-7, which is updated throughout the day. All kinds of stuff there. Not just Vols there, but mostly Vols, also some SEC 
stuff and, you know, Titans, Preds, Grizzly stuff, SEC stuff, college football stuff, but stuff that we think the average University of Tennessee fan, uh, majority of them would be interested in. So you can go there and get that. But if you want the best, just the, the most crystal clear Smoky Mountain spring water, just right from the tap. Right from the tap. Go to GoBalls247.com and get that. GoBalls247 is the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, Lady Vols sports, where where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us. Got a couple of forums that are open literally 24-7. We call it that for a reason. Got the checkerboard uh, for for men's sports and off-topic coverage. And then we've got the summit, the appropriately named summit for women's sports and off-topic coverage there. And uh, with our different schedules, basically it's called... 24 7 for a reason one of us will be up pretty much all the time all day long if you've got anything that you need from us uh you've got questions don't be afraid to ask us we will be there we will do our jobs and we will get you those answers or our best attempt at them and we're around all the time for a reason and in a world right now where there's so much going on you know still some shutdowns depending on where you live in the country you might have a stay-at-home order uh, but if you still want to be around a virtual water cooler and you want to talk, you want to talk ball, you want to talk life with a bunch of like-minded kind of Tennessee fans, go to GoBoss247.com and do that. Uh, it costs less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, especially now with all the delivery charges and stuff. Man, we offer a great deal there. Great deal. And if you pay us full price and you've been a member, we will give you access for free to CBS All Access, which is CBS's streaming platform. All kinds of great stuff on there. Got every show CBS has ever done, commercial-free, new movies every single month. Got live sports. Got a lot of Vols football, Vols basketball on there, SEC football, SEC basketball, college basketball, March Madness, obviously the NCAA tournament, UEFA Champions League, which is kicked back up this week again, UEFA Europa League, which gets started again tomorrow. You got World Series of Poker stuff on there. You got other live sports. You got exclusive podcast stuff. Everything is on there. Plus, if that wasn't enough, and that should be enough, we've also got uh, every. You got tons of stuff from Comedy Central. Uh, got stuff from MTV and BET. And, and for the kiddos, we've got Nickelodeon. For the whole family, we've got Smithsonian. All of that's on there. That's a one hundred dollar annual value that we will give you for free. For free. Nobody else can do that. We can do that for you. Go check that out. Uh, If nothing else, guys, you should hear from us again after the Florida game on Saturday at the very latest. That'll be late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Until then, stay safe. Wear your mask. Wash your freaking hands. We're in this together. And uh, get those vaccines out. Let's be patient, guys. We're almost there. Uh, If nothing else, you will hear from us, I guess, late, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.